hello, hello, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, of course, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, and by my side as always, the salary captain, the March Heron, Aaron Stewart. What's up, buddy? Oh, not much, man. You know, Mondays are usually my favorite evenings. <laughs> well, we got to change up a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay. We are, we are getting ready. We've made it through preseason. It's the last show before the regular season. So I'm pumped. I'm excited. Let's do this. Well, we got our uh, uh, regular season kickoff show next week. We got that's right. That's right. right. But but this one, and you know what? The people that are listening, watching, the, first of all, they're going to be like, Chatter, you sound like shit. That's right. I do. That's I very much fucking do. A lot of echo. And then they're going to say, Ryan, Chatter, your setup sucks. What the hell is going on? And I'm going to say, yeah, that's true too. <clears throat> and then you're going to say, why the hell are we getting the episode so late in the week? And I'm going to say, hmm, well, let me tell you, moving, that's why. And let's just say this has been one of the worst moves of my entire fucking life. And at the very end of it, my dear wife had to have some surgery. So, so, so let's just say it's not been a fun few days. And so we had to delay the pod a little bit. And I'm still, you know, breaking down the new madhouse. And so, you know, walls are a little bare uh, right now. So just forewarning to everybody, it, this this is as raw as we're going to fucking get <laughs> for sure. So, but we're still here because mm-hmm. we want to chat all the shit that's gone down this week right here. That there's been a ton. Oh, yeah. Some crazy news. You know, it's uh, for for casual football fans that they don't follow all of it. This was the 53 man roster week and it just goes in phases because teams get their 53 man rosters and then they're still not done. And you know what? It's probably a blessing that, that we got to wait a little bit on this one because now we have a pretty good idea of how the rosters have shaped up and and taxi squad and all that fun stuff so there's a silver lining uh, with all this with all the craziness going on with the move and your wife's surgery it's that we had time to process all of the moves all of the big very news. true very and true we, we're gonna have a great show that's right that's right except, except for maybe how i sound but that's right that's, that's <laughs> right uh, so i want to begin with the new england patriots quarterback decision it is now the mac attack as i'm gonna dub it i'm sure that's somebody somewhere has already said that i'm sure but i'm going with the mac attack and uh and what was a surprising move to many they released cam noon mm-hmm. now many may say up oh, Belichick just letting cam try and see if he can sign somewhere else which is probably true but i think you know, they also don't want him necessarily, if you're going to roll with the rook, want him, you know, looking over the rook's shoulder, so to speak. So it's definitely interesting. Um, I think, you know, both of us got to a point where we could see Mac Jones getting into starting earlier and earlier. and, and, And here you go. He's going to be one of the guys to start day one. So good for Mac. Good for him. Good for him to come in and do that. And you got to wonder what's going to happen with Cam here. I mean, he still thinks he's one of the best 32. I'm not so sure. And I don't think anybody else is so sure either. So uh, I'd say he's destined for a backup role. I don't, where do you think he might? What are your thoughts on the situation? Mr. Well, first, I want to point out one one really awesome fact with the Mac Jones thing. I'm an Alabama fan. So week one is going to be Mac Jones with the Patriots going head to head against Tua Tungavaloa with the Miami Dolphins. That's so, true. That's going to be so cool. that, that's that's a really cool like it's storyline that, that doesn't is. mean anything, but it's just so awesome. Uh, and and then to answer your question with Cam Newton, where, where do I think he's going to go? It's tricky. But the, the betting odds came out, and actually my Cowboys were uh, were one of the favorites. Now they they went with a different former Panther quarterback in Will Greer to mm. be an intriguing backup that may have potential to kind of develop into something. 
maybe. Yeah. But I feel that takes them out. And the, the next team makes a lot of sense. It's the Washington football team. Just when you start to kind of connect the dots there, Ron Rivera absolutely brings in former Panther players. I mean, shoot, if Newton goes, he wouldn't be the first former Panther quarterback to go to Washington. Kyle Allen's there. And actually, I want to say, uh, was it Taylor Henneke also played with the Panthers? So in, Ron Rivera, he gets his guys. And it, it would be interesting. You bring him in with Fitzpatrick and you just go, hey, <laughs> these two guys have been a little sporadic in recent times. And it could be Fitzpatrick throws a three-interception game, back-to-back games. They bring in Cam Newton. I don't know. How much does he really have left? But it is kind of interesting with Newton because – you're right. Like he's going to want to start. Like I, I don't hate Cam Newton. I've always got rooted for, for the guy. There are some people that hate him for really dumb reasons, but the fact of the matter is he's been a starting quarterback for a long, long time. And it's mm-hmm. hard for those guys to go from being the starter to being the backup. Like true. Joe Flacco is about the, the only one I could think of off the top of my head, but I don't, I don't know. I don't quite see that with Newton, but he could surprise me. That may be what he has to do in order to continue playing in the NFL. I would agree. I would have to agree with that assessment. And uh, although I would say it doesn't sound, I, I heard some sound from Ron Rivera today. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like they're too interested in Cam Newton. Sounds like he's pretty set with Fitz and Heineke. But right. here's a dark horse team, the Vikings. Okay. That would be interesting. I mean, Kellen Mond didn't exactly pop off the screen in preseason. Uh, it might take a little more time than expected. As far as I know, he's still unvaccinated as well. So mm-hmm. the, the Vikings, Mike Zimmer, in a hot seat year with fucking guaranteed millions of dollars Kirk fucking give me a break cousins unvaccinated by the way so you know he could be potentially like oh my god what's the third stringer's name I can't even remember Jake Browning oh yeah and then I think they released him they released him yeah they released him wow (laughs) I mean he wasn't he was not good in (laughs) preseason now I only said this because, see, now my shit's all unraveling in my brain. Because I heard this and I thought, that's interesting. That's interesting. But here's the problem. Cam Newton ain't fucking vaccinated either. So <laughs> so, so the only way that's going to happen is, that, hey, maybe this wisens him up and he goes and gets the jab, you know? And then he probably would have a lot more suitors. But I think where his play at and being unvaccinated, like that's a big problem. So the Vikings, yes, sounded good in theory, I guess. But (laughs) when you think about like they lose cousins, they lose Cam Newton would have to get vaccinated to be. So that's one of the better spots he could go to be a backup. You know what I mean? But he would have to be vaccinated to do it or for them to want it, you know, to do it. So I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough for him. I think, um, hopefully he, the, the, this situation, cause, cause you gotta feel like, even though Belichick came out and said, it's, it's not because of the vaccination thing like that. And, you know, he pointed out lots of vaccinated players, you know, popping up too. So, right. you know, and so I do think that him being gone opened the door for Mac Jones. And once they said, I think we're going to roll with the kid, they had to let Cam go, you know? Right, right. Because that would just be, they'd just be too distracting. And, and that's nothing mm-hmm. on Cam Newton, but like literally that's going to be all the questions that Belichick gets right. every single game. And God forbid if Mac Jones plays like a rookie in a game and doesn't play so well, then that's all the talk is going to be is, well, when are you going to put in you know, the former MVP of the NFL. <laughs> I know it's been a while, but you know how it is in the media. They always got to create stories. Um, I think one other really quick team, just one one fun point on this one would be 
what if he goes to New Orleans? You know, Sean Payton, uh, the Payton's done that with Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston. I like that. You go too. there, you sign a one year deal. Payton's really good coach, can maybe help revitalize his career. Would be interesting. There's a big rivalry between Cam Newton and was it Cam Jordan, the defensive ends? <laughs> so having them together, that would just, it would be, it would be a fun story. But oh, that's kind of an interesting one. I yeah. like that. But speaking of the previously mentioned Vikings, Irv Smith, Dominus. And, uh, you know, before we get into this, because I think both you and I are in agreement that this is for anyone who's ever cared about Tyler Conklin, uh, this might be his time. This might be his chance. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But Aaron, tell me your thoughts on the situation because you also did. Now, I don't want you to get too much in the injury aspect of it because you did an interview getting into this specific topic. So we're going to save a lot of that for what we're going to probably dub Captain's Cabin. And we're going to have a nice little interview sesh for you guys. Just Aaron one-on-one with uh, your boy, Dustin, right? Right. My, right. My buddy, Dustin, works in the PT field. He's worked with athletes. He is, you know, he's not a physical therapist, but he has worked very closely with these athletes. And usually like everyone in fantasy football today, you have Twitter, you're trying to find out more about injuries. You go online to your Twitter doctors. Hey, I got my Twitter doctor here with one phone call, not a doctor yet. He's working on that, but yes, he provides some excellent information. Not going to spoil that. But I would, what I will say is for people that are worried about Irv Smith, stay listen to the interview that i have with dustin it's gonna be good stuff it may help you know where what direction to go with irv smith now you're you're right tyler conklin is the the notable name uh because last season when cal rudolph the last year starter he got hurt late in the season it wasn't just irv smith that that stepped up it was tyler conklin conklin was having these games where he was catching Mm -hmm. three four passes a game with Irv Smith there and Conklin was he's more the tight end that took on the Kyle Rudolph role the only issue with Conklin is that he's been injured for most of training camp and really hasn't played much so it's just been unfortunate it's like right as Irv Smith's season is done and and it is next man mentality next man up mentality boom Conklin just hasn't been able to really seize the opportunity right but he should be back he's going to be involved and, and then of course the Vikings knew that they were going to need someone to help here because they're oh, super right. young yeah they that's did a trade nice. good old Chris Herndon mm-hmm. who has been everyone's breakout tight end for the past like two seasons ever since he had a pretty impressive rookie season with the Jets fell out of favor it's a new coaching staff with the Jets new new front office as well it was in the front office that drafted them and the Vikings paid a a decent price for him like they traded a fourth round pick for him and along with Herndon got a sixth round pick I mean fourth round pick that's a pretty decent pretty decent price to pay but the truth is between Conklin not being healthy this entire offseason and Chris Herndon just now getting traded to this team. I'm not really excited about either one of them, to be mm. honest. Like it's it's already a team that doesn't pass the ball a lot. If anything, I'm bumping Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen up that much more. <laughs> I feel a lot better about Thielen this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Thielen was already going. I I feel that Thielen was going low to, to mm-hmm. begin with like a lot of people go oh he, he scored 14 touchdowns last year he's not going to get 14 touchdowns this year and it's like well, well yeah no, he was still pretty damn good two years ago right and he still had a massive target share and you know if anything it's those two receivers and dalvin cook someone else is going to step up it may not even be a tight end they even uh mike zimmer head coach said we may do more three receiver sets and we love amir smith marset a very exciting rookie but he's also a rookie and Mm. it may be another young receiver second year guy kj osborne shout out to cody carpentier who is 
he's a Vikings fan and he follows the team closely. And that, that's what he was saying too. It's in the short term, it's going to be more than likely KJ Osborne that, that helps alleviate this. And it just makes sense. Herndon just got traded to the team. How much of the offense is he going to know? Conklin, where is he at with his health? How much can he handle? So Osborne is going to have opportunity. So is Amir Smith-Marset. And that may end up being like one of the rookie steals of, of the draft, Amir Smith-Marset. Yeah, it, definitely both names I'm keeping an eye on going forward. Okay. And we're going to stick with the color purple. And... Just another one. Another, another one. J.K. Dobbins. Torn ACL. This is terrible. Now, obviously, people are going to hop all on the Gus bus. I'm of the opinion that Gus is going to keep his role. Who's going to take the Dobbins role? Which I thought Justice Hill, but then there's this Tyson Williams so you'll have to tell me what you think. Do they possibly bring in uh, uh, someone? They brought in Todd Gurley er- earlier in the offseason for a workout. Uh, it sounds like they're, they're not talking about him, but they could potentially bring in somebody. But I do think, obviously, this is a bump up for Gus Edwards. Right. But I do feel like, you know, maybe it was going to be you know, like a 70-30 Dobbins to to Gus. And maybe now it's like a a 50-50 Gus and somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I would say, like, uh, I I would say Gus Bus, Gus the Bus Edwards, he's going to have maybe more than 50% uh, of the share. And it's interesting. I don't know yet where I'm comfortable taking on fantasy football drafts at this current moment because he also still doesn't catch passes. But, you know, for for the Justice Hill truthers, unfortunately, even before the Dobbins injury, they're the beat reporters. Like you go to to the athletic and not everyone's going to because it costs money. But that's an investment that I'll make because I want the top beat reporters for Mm -hmm. for teams. And there had already been talks about this Tyson Williams running back, uh, pushing Justice Hill. Uh, for the number three running back role when Dobbins was healthy and for people unfamiliar with them, because here's the truth, unless you are a dynasty fantasy football degenerate, you've never heard this name before. This is a second year running back who came out of BYU. I have some PTSD from BYU running backs because I think of, was it? Oh no, no. I was going to say Dexter Williams. So he's Notre Dame. Ooh, well, so BYU is not really known for putting a lot of, NFL talent, especially running back. I can't really think of any running backs, but here's the profile for him. What's great is you go to our favorite website, playerprofiler.com, you put in Tyson Williams with the apostrophe. He's 5'11", 220 pounds. First off, awesome size there. That is is ideal BMI, like 62nd percentile BMI. On top of that, we don't really have much of his workout metrics. We just have a a 40-yard dash, a speed score. Pretty well with that. He ran a four five three, in which 5'11", 220 pounds. That's a speed score in the 79th percentile. We don't have any agility, no burst, but his best comparable player is Damian Harris. Interesting. Uh, very interesting. And and you know, in Dynasty, when you are trying to find these guys before they get their big opportunity. Sometimes that's where that best comparable player is very interesting because yes, it's more of an athletic comparison. It is not the, it does not guarantee that he's going to have success, but I certainly want a really good prospect to show up there to pique my interest. So I've been watching this guy for a few weeks because I'm in a super deep dynasty league and he had literally been on my watch list. I was like, okay, I'm kind of keeping tabs that he may win a roster spot over Justice Hill. And then lo and behold, like after the Dobbins injury, like they were quick to go Tyson Williams is the number two running back. And I think it makes sense because Hill has a role on the Ravens, but it's not really as a running back. Like, yes, he can catch passes, but he's really involved more on special teams. Mm. So before when it was Dobbins and Edwards, you had two guys in that similar build, like that 220 pound, like you could hand the ball, they could run between the tackles. So 
it's I think it's more of Baltimore has its type of running back. It likes these running backs that can run between the tackles. No offense to Justice Hill. That's just not his game there. So poor Justice Hill truthers have always been like, not that they want injuries to happen, but like that's really been the thing they've been needing to happen is, oh, something happens to Dobbins or Edwards and it's Justice Hill time. And then it, I'm afraid it's just not going to happen with Hill. <laughs> like it happened that Dobbins went down and this random second year running back that most people have never heard of. Uh, beat out Hill. So pour one out for Justice Hill. Yep. Tyson Williams, if you're listening say. to this, you've already missed the chance to pick him up. The hype has gotten out of control. <laughs> Nobody knows anything about him, but you talked about like that, uh, the running back market. They, they could, they right now, they only have three running backs and it's a small thing. But <clears> if, <throat> so you think it matters. They had another running back that they cut and I would like to think they would try to stash on their taxi squad, their practice squad. Uh, that is Nate McCrary from like Saginaw Valley, mm-hmm. like some small running back, never heard of him. Interesting though, he actually got claimed by the Denver Broncos. So don't know what's up with that because <laughs> you don't see a lot of players get claimed. Um, right. But now Baltimore really only has three running backs. I don't think they added a running back to, to their practice squad. So the, this is where we start going. You mentioned Todd Gurley. There is actually a Baltimore connection. That is where Todd Gurley's from is the yeah. Baltimore area. So it's a hometown thing. Man, it's maybe they revisit that, but this is also where you go. Le'Veon Bell, Duke Johnson, you know, all the running backs that, that we were like, why haven't they signed with the team? That's because those running backs are smart. They're waiting for this to happen. So I expect them to add someone. They really this is like a Ram situation like Tyson Williams. He impressed in preseason training camp, but do you really want to trust the backup running back right. role, which Gus Edwards in the backup running back role got a lot of volume. So keep an eye out. People have picked up Tyson Williams. You're not out of the clear yet. <laughs> All right. And you had mentioned Tyson Williams, best comparable Damian Harris who now, oh goodness, goodness gracious, does his 2021 season look like it could be good? Now, let's remember, this is New England. We're still going to see James White. We're probably going to see some J.J. Taylor. They seem to love that guy. So I do think there's still going to be other running backs to kind of take away from Damian Harris, but I really like what he's going to do. Mac Jones, he's going to be right there for Mac Jones. It's going to be great. And so what do you think about the trade, everything else, Michelle with the Rams? Because I actually really like that. Because, I've, yeah, Eric, let me tell you something. I've never been a Sony Michelle fan until a couple of days ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was never a fan of him. But I know He's better than average, and I know he played well last year, and I know he's going to a great offense, and Daryl Henderson has some injury issues. So I'm on board with Sony Michelle. It's fucking weird to say, but I'm on board with Sony Michelle. So I, I yeah. like this trade all around for both teams. Same, same, because it's just one of those – it was one of those trades that just made sense, like the – the day that Cam Akers got hurt, it was like we were already hearing about the Sony Michelle to to the Rams. I think we actually got to give a shout out to to our boss over at Player Profiler, uh, Matt Kelly. I want to say that uh, that was the first place that I at least heard it, but like that was also it was it was something that it didn't take long for people to start going, yeah, the Ram or the the Patriots who they were rumored to shop. Sony Michelle because they had all these these running backs. It was like, ah, yes, this just makes sense. A couple of things I, I want to give Sony Michelle credit for. Holy moly, like yes, I know he's left a bad taste in people's mouths because he hasn't really he hasn't lived up to expectations at all. But last season, from player profiler, he was number two in true yards per carry, number mm. one in yards per touch, number two in breakaway run rate. 
number 16 in juke rate, number five in yards created per touch. I mean, the, the, the guy was running incredibly well. You put him, as you mentioned, Rams, Matthew Stafford there at quarterback. Like, this just makes sense. Like, is Michelle going to catch passes? Probably not. Does it matter? No, because, like, that, that offense is going to be good enough to where he's – that offensive line in Los Angeles is solid. And we'll see how it goes in a few weeks. It always seems that offensive lines go from good to bad in one year. But, like, yeah. it is a unit that, that, for the most part, has been together. It should be a good offense. And, hey, like, he's going to – that true yards per carry, <laughs> he's probably going to see the same in, in Los Angeles. Like, he's he may be just a runner there. But I do like him more than Henderson. Admittedly, I'm a little biased. I've never been sold on Henderson. Like, basically, after the, after the rookie season, I was like, ah, I know what this guy is. Mm. I don't really want him. And Sean McVay has never really seemed to want him either. But that's a whole different discussion. Um, for the Patriots, yes, Damian Harris season. We're going to see multiple running backs as well. Without Cam Newton, there's going to be potential for more touchdowns for Dam- Damian Harris and all the that's running right. backs because Good less point. red zone carries. So, It'll be interesting on that. How much is Ramondre Stevenson going to be involved too? It's, it's they've got so many options there. So the way I kind of see it is we know James White is going to have the pass catching role. We know Damian Harris is going to be the primary rusher there. I think Stevenson gets the next shot at, at any carries. And Taylor is a wild card. I'm with you. Obviously, I love Taylor. And I saw him use, use they must love him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They used him as punt returner. They used they will find, I think they will they will create some touches for that guy. It just may be the most unique thing. Like honestly, it's yeah. gonna be Rex Burkhead, where maybe it's not so oh, much right. with good. carries, but yeah, we saw him targeted a lot. So be interesting on that one. And I yeah, the the compensation I want to say was a fifth and a sixth round pick, and a sixth round pick depends on compensatory picks next year it's if they end up getting a fourth fourth round compensatory pick that actually goes to new england instead of sixth round so props to new england on that because they didn't need sony michelle he probably would have been cut so the fact that a player they were more than likely going to cut and they got a fifth round pick and another draft pick that could be as high as a fourth round pick like <laughs> kudos Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And and I just I just had to add this before I forgot. For me personally, Sony Michelle was Clyde Edwards Hilaire before Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. He was the guy who was just like everybody is way too high on this dude. <laughs> and yeah. then he went on to you know disappoint. Now he did it for a couple of years. We'll see what happens with Clyde this year. I think he's going to have a year, a good year. And, and but I, I really. I'm on board with Sony Michelle. Like I said, you can't deny the metrics. And right. when you look at them, he was great. It, like you spelled it out for us. So it's <clears throat> it's really that and you add that to the Rams offense. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer for me. I, I'm I'm down for some Sony Michelle. So absolutely. There's other teams that could make trades. Uh, you know, we talked about the Ravens. Now, they seem more like a team that's going to grab a free agent than Mm. trade for somebody. But, you know, there are teams such as the Texans selling off their vets, right? Right. And so they do have four running backs. They actually have five. (laughs) They kept Scotty Phillips, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Five running backs. (laughs) So you you do have to wonder if they did that. Because I'm wondering, this is a theory. They did that knowing that running backs were going to get injured and that people would need running backs and that they could potentially get dirt picks for them because that that fucking team is in a shit situation. So they're looking to rebuild. They're looking for some picks. And my guess is (laughs) they're like, let's just stockpile the fucking running backs that way, when they start going down, we can be like, hey, we got them. 
it's a theory. It's a working theory I've got going. Certainly, certainly. And I think of it as like when you have a bad dynasty roster, you're not really, you don't really care about like having depth at all positions. You're just like, yeah, what players could potentially get me draft picks? Mm-hmm. It does seem that the the Houston Texans are kind of playing this dynasty football type uh, of move where they're just like, man, we, I think there was, there was a funny comment I saw on Twitter because their depth chart was all over the place and like they had have the starters for second string. Sometimes it was just left blank. And then the next player would be third string. And then they had, instead of fourth string, it just said other <laughs> and some smart ass on, on Twitter. I, I wish it could have been me was like other is other is the players they they uh, are trying to sell to other teams. <laughs> Going, give us draft picks for these other guys. <laughs> um, but with the veteran players there, one of one of the ones that is interesting is like David Johnson. Like what I really thought David Johnson was going to have a pretty solidified role. Like mm-hmm. yeah, he may not be the between the tackles guy, but he's always been good at catching passes. Thought okay, he'll be. He'll be the guy on third downs at least and still be involved on early downs, you know, splitting the load with Philip Lindsay, but David Coley, the head coach that came from Baltimore has Mark Ingram listed as his starter, along with Philip Lindsay, who people that have been listening to the show know that I think we both despise Philip Lindsay, but (laughs) <laughs> they 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 got super high on scotty phillips ah, that's a young running back i want to say he's been around the league for a couple of years and it's been one of those guys that always like makes the 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 practice squad but never mm. the 53 man roster and who is the other guy they kept oh rex burkhead who we've mentioned on the show so yeah the five running backs seems odd it seems someone's gonna be out the door maybe rex burkhead I know he had a pretty bad injury. Maybe I, I haven't even paid attention in Texas preseason. I, I can't tell you if Burkett's played or not, but I don't know really. David Johnson seems to be one of the guys they could actually get something for. And then obviously the, the number one guy they should be shopping on offense is besides Deshaun Watson, but that is a weird standoff. So besides Watson is Brandon cooks, who's still a good solid receiver mm-hmm. and, Probably what the team's going to do is you wait until the receivers start to fall, and and who knows? So watch watch out for Cooks. Cooks will probably join because this is what Cooks does, right? He joins a new team every year or two. That's true. That's very true. Okay, so one more running back to discuss, and then we're going to fly through some receiver news and get the hell out of here. But – we must quickly, quickly discuss Javante Williams not playing in the final preseason game while Melvin Gordon did. And according to Vic Fangio, Javante's not hurt. So this could be me and Aaron's guy on his way to a quicker breakout than expected. What do you say, Aaron? I'm excited. I'm excited because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. it's some coach speak. But like some of it is like you apply a little bit of logic. Like this is straight from Fangio as well. He he said that he wanted to give Melvin Gordon first team snaps in the third preseason game. That's that's really odd because most teams are just turned out of the third game healthy. You know, right. oh, sorry J.K. Sorry J.K. Dobbins, but mm. so that's a really weird thing for them to say. Obviously, Melvin Gordon's going to be involved. Like it's not that he just sits on the bench, but. It's like, wow, like you wanted to, you wanted to see what he could do, but you could even go back into the off season. There were, I'm going to classify them as rumors, but Melvin Gordon had some legal issues. He had a DUI that ended up, he, what was it? He was able to not, he took some lesser charges that he pleaded guilty to and was able to get off with the DUI. So there shouldn't be a suspension or anything, but some people are pointing out, hey, he gets hit with a DUI that voids the guarantees of his contracts. You have George Patton, the, the new GM for the Broncos, comes in, who did not sign Melvin Gordon. Hey, look, voided money here. We could move the 28-year-old running back that he probably doesn't want to pay this amount of money and bring in the guy that he traded up in the draft for. So 
it, it's a it's an interesting situation. I am getting very excited about Javante Williams because everything is just the buzz is all positive there. And I'm just cross my fingers, please. Like this has been the guy been banging my fist on you too. We've both been banging our fist on the table. I want to say we both had him as our RB1 in like dynasty rookie drafts. We had him over Najee. We had him over ETN in terms of dynasty, you know, and redraft. We're not, we're not dumb. We're going to take Najee because he's going to get, he had guaranteed volume, but Javante was the guy that we were both like every, he checks all the boxes, checks everything. And I say the team that we previously spoke of should trade for him. They, they wouldn't because again, that's not what they do. And he's a little pricey, but man, I, I've always been a Melvin fan. He's fallen. He's not the same running back, obviously, that he was. Right. But he's lasted longer than Todd Gurley, I might point out. Yeah. But my point is, is it, I think he would actually be pretty good on the Ravens offense because he can catch passes and he can run between the tackles. Now, he's not him, the same old Melvin Gordon, but I, in a in a split situation on a team like the Ravens, he might be pretty good. So I, again, I can't see the Ravens doing it. Uh, they're more likely to sign somebody, but, uh, but I, I am definitely excited for Javonta Williams because I, I, I think it's coming. It's sooner than everybody expected. <laughs> so, like I said, we'll talk some receivers real quick. So you got the Lions releasing Brashad Perriman, which is interesting because they signed him a $2 million guarantee. So that's odd. So was he that bad? I mean, I was never into this dude since he was drafted by the Ravens. But, it, it, you know, that is a lot of money to then turn around and, and just cut them. So, it, you know. And then, so you got to look at the situation with the receivers. Obviously, Tyro Williams, I'm on Ross St. Brown. You got some guys there. So the Lions situation. Uh and then you've got some guys that were cut. I think John Brown was a little bit of a surprise to everybody. Um, and uh, and you have a question on here. Who's going to be the third wide receiver for L.A.? So let's get into some of my uh, – let's get into some of that stuff before we tackle the last receiver bit of news because I, I, I've got uh, something to say about that. But let's get into some of this stuff because I, you know what, Aaron – I was not that big on Amon Ross St. Brown, but uh, the more I've watched and the more I've went back and looked at his profile, I'm like, okay. And let's, I mean, opportunities came, right? And he right. should get plenty of opportunity there. Now I'm also a Tyrell, Tyrell Williams fan, uh, but it's been a couple of years since he's done anything and he's been kind of banged up and stuff like that. So I don't know how much he has left. I mean, he's young enough. He should have something left, but so it'll be interesting, but it does seem like that's the top two guys, but really to me, this just said TJ Hawkinson is going to be fucking fed this year. That's what I very think. Much, very much. So uh, we'll, we'll start with Brashad Perryman, Dan Campbell, kind of alluded to something like this happening because he had a quote I'm paraphrasing, but basically saying that there's going to be guys that you expect to be on the team that aren't going to be on the team. And there's going to be players that aren't even in this locker room that will be on this team. And, and he spoke truth there because Rashad Perryman, which if you followed any Detroit lions beat reporter, they, it wasn't a surprise if you followed what they were saying, because no one was really impressed with him at, at all. It was, it was that bad. So he, at least for the lion's sake, they didn't get into the sunk cost fallacy. Hey, if Perryman wasn't playing well, like $2 million at the end of the day with the NFL, it's not a lot of money. Like, yes, you'd rather not pay someone to not play for your team. But things happen. They did make a couple of couple of pickups from other teams. One, they picked up the Browns receiver, Daryl Hodge, who oh, he's right. got some decent playing time. Yeah, and I actually like him. I forgot about he, that. And he had some speed, too. I want to double check. I want to say he had some, some he's speed. Got a, he's got a solid profile. Yeah, I, I think I remember him being fast. So I'm going to wait for player profiler to, to load. Wow, I actually lied. So apparently he has... Four six three speed. He does have a decent first score, but the other guy, the other guy, intrigues me a little bit because I remember him as, as a rookie and kind of 
just I remember the name. I remember him having some decent workout metrics, but also kind of reminding myself, I'm like, not drafted, not drafted, probably not going to make the team, but just it was interesting to see his name come back up. And that was Trinity Benson, who is a third-year receiver, teeny tiny. He's 5'11", 182 pounds. Yeah, he was on Denver at one point. Yeah, he was on Denver. um, And that's what happened with Denver is – Denver was super deep at receiver. I mean, they they cut Seth Williams. That was a popular uh, late round guy in rookie drafts this year. Mm-hmm. Tyree Cleveland that did some some uh, kick return for him last year and, and was a, a draft pick as well. But the the news with Trinity Benson is a lot of people went, "Hey, look, Denver's has their their four guys: Sutton, Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler." Be- the mixture of draft pick investment young guys like it's like that's a solid quartet but in denver it was like yeah their number five receiver should be trinity benson absolutely now they sometimes it was it was a numbers crunch they the fifth receiver they kept is their kick returner his name slips my mind so it just became hey they had five receivers they weren't going to keep six they managed to get draft picks and the interesting thing on this one was just real quick on the details it was, what was it? It was like Trinity Benson and a sixth round pick got traded for like a fifth and a seventh round. And the reason I say it's interesting is I go, wow, Gardner Minshew really got traded for a sixth round pick. And, and this, this Trinity Benson guy, which is a, a good story, but come on, it's a sub six foot receiver that was never drafted. That think about that for Denver, like undrafted, two years ago and they mm. get a draft pick for him like yeah, that's crazy. well done well done for a guy that even as good as he was playing wasn't going to make the team just well done but he is interesting in Detroit because as you mentioned there's Tyrell Williams there's the rookie Amon Ross St. Brown the third receiver spot is open so there should be opportunities am I telling people to go to the dynasty waiver wire and pick them up no but I will be monitoring how involved he is. Yes. Yes. It's a name to monitor because you have to watch and see the snap counts. That's always the one thing during the season you want to find. You want to, if you're in deep, deep dynasty leagues, this is how you find your into roster guys. And you know, sometimes they become something most times, most times they don't, but you know what? You got to take those shots. Benson's interesting. Pull him up on player profiler too. Best comparable Dante Pettis, I get it. Pettis is not hit in the NFL, but Pettis was a receiver that got drafted in the second round of his draft class. Like, mm-hmm. Not bad for a player from East Central Oklahoma College. And guess what? He's not the only receiver <laughs> that I was going to say currently in the NFL, but I guess technically he's not currently in the NFL. David Moore was also from oh, East yeah. Central Oklahoma. So same college as an NFL receiver. And real quick on your question of who will be the third wide receiver for the chargers. Do you have someone in mind? I'm, Cause I'm thinking it's uh, Mr. Palmer. I think you got to go with the draft pick there with Palmer, but it is interesting that they're different types of receivers because Guyton Guyton is there as the speedy deep threat guy. That's not right. Palmer. That's I right. have, I've looked way too deep into Palmer's <laughs> profile. I, and that's where I guess the question becomes, I think Palmer, he looks like more of a Mike Williams type receiver. And that's where the question becomes like in terms of talent and the, the investment. I go, Palmer should be playing more, but Guyton may still have more of a role for for this season because he's the speedy guy there. Right. He, Keenan Allen, he's he's a possession, he's a flanker and, and slot receiver. Mike Williams, he, he's a deep threat, but he's the big body receiver and decent speed. So I guess it's more of what are they going to do with Guyton? They did drop, uh, they cut Tyrone Johnson, their other yep. speedy guy. And that's where I guess it, it, the plot thickens there. So actually, I'm going to go bold statement here, just in terms of wide receiver three who runs the most routes, I'm going to go Guyton. I do believe Palmer should play more, but Palmer's time, I think, is more next season. Mike Williams, free agent, probably not re-signed, but Guyton will be the wide receiver three because he plays a different receiver role. All right. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. 
Now, T.Y. Hilton. This is one of my favorite players, like, of all time in fantasy football. I love me some T.Y. Hilton. But he's got a neck injury. <clears throat> he's going to miss several weeks. And this just makes me go, you know, fire up your Paris Campbell. Break out your Eiffel Towers. Let's go Paris Campbell. That's, to me, what this says. And I am excited. I saw this shit when it was my turn in the Roto Underworld Redraft League. Took Paris Campbell, just like I took fucking Sony Michelle when I had a chance. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, which I need him because I had J.K. Dobbins. So, oh, there we go. We'll <laughs> allow you to have it. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, I, it's uh, it sucks for T.Y. because he's one of my favorite guys of all time. But I think we're finally going to get our chance to see what Paris Campbell is made of. And it sounds like he's healthy. So I'm hoping this means great success for him absolutely and yeah i kind of pour one out for ty hilton because it's just neck injuries they scare me i don't know much about this i don't think any of us really know what it is but right for hilton it's just been the struggles that that small frame he's played a long time in the nfl yes he has and that this is a dangerous injury but also the thing that i really took away from this one is shout out to friend of the show edg Chris, like, because he wrote an article about why to fade Jonathan Taylor because we had all the the injury stuff. But this is just another reason. Like, yes, Hilton's a receiver, Taylor's a running back, but look at the list of injuries. I'm I'm looking over here. They Eric Fisher is the guy they brought in to eventually be left tackle, but of course he's not going to be cleared to play at the start of the season. PUP, their starting left tackle that was supposed to get him to the point where Eric Fisher could take over was Sam Teddy, who tore his ACL in the final preseason game. So you already have no left tackle. <laughs> You're right as you get Carson Wentz back. He's on the COVID-19. And healthy. He gets put on COVID list along with Zach, uh, Zach Pascal, a receiver that plays a lot for him. Yeah. And Ryan Kelly, the center. <laughs> it's just like, like, what offensive player, like Taylor may be the, the only offensive player that hasn't, that hasn't had anything happen to him, right. but all the pieces around him are falling apart. And, and funny enough, Paris Campbell has also been one of the healthiest, um, one of the most available players on right. this offense. So EDG told people in his article to fade the Colts offense and what two weeks later we have all this stuff these these are signs from edg maybe g is god like he's the ed god like i don't, I don't know maybe he's I'll got agree. a crystal ball i don't see your crystal ball in in your setup there i know it's he gone. must have stolen it it's gone <laughs> but uh, i I, right. and, I i do i do agree for the most part like i, I you know i think we've talked about before neither one of us are necessarily huge Carson Wentz fans um so this was kind of like well we'll we'll see how it goes but you felt pretty good about stuff initially but yeah now things are very shaky and I'd have to agree this is one that in offense I'm not as excited about anymore except for Paris Campbell because I think that opportunity is there he's gonna and I like Michael Pittman I'd say more for dynasty. I really think if Paris Campbell is going to hit, this is the time. This is the fucking time. Absolutely. That's got to just process of elimination. The fact that these guys are dropping like flies before they've played a regular season snap. Takeaway is if you guys were on the fence about fading like Colts players and redraft leagues, like, take these signs here like it's it's more of not to i'm not telling you not to roster them but don't be the ones to draft them let someone else in the league draft them let someone else get frustrated because they're not performing because it's shaping up to be just a horrible offense because they're losing everyone and then a few weeks in when Wentz is is fully healthy because how healthy is he? he still has what that five to 12 week table but you know it's let the uh, let your league mates draft them get super annoyed super frustrated 
People always do this. They panic drop players because they target the wrong guys in drafts. That's what we're really telling you. We're, we, we are taking the words of EDG. We're just saying, look, fade, fade the Colts offense. Just fade it. And then if it looks better, which there, there was some tweet, I think it was uh, Warren Sharp about how hard their schedule was against the, against the run for the first six weeks. And then it gets easier. Middle part of the season, target some guys, but Paris Campbell, I'm with you. Like, I think he's still going super late. I don't know exact rounds there, but double-digit target? Sure, I'll take a double-digit target. I'm not taking a second-round pick on Jonathan Taylor. I'm not, not touching Carson Wentz. Not, anyways. not in redraft. And But when it comes to dynasty, I think this is a great time to try and maybe get a piece of Jonathan Taylor for yeah. a couple of years. I think it's a great time to try and get a piece of Pittman Paris, I mean, uh, you know, because the, I mean, Frank Reich's going to be around. They're going to, you know, the Colts aren't going anywhere. They may have a little bit down year this year, and I think they're okay with that. They, to me, they just kind of seemed like they were going to take a shot on Wentz, see what he was like. Do we move with him going forward, or is it time to grab a young guy? So if you ask me, that's what this year was kind of about. And I think that's still the plan. And, uh, you know, I don't think I'd expect a ton, but I, I, I definitely agree. Fade, but that means if you're fading them in 2021, could be a good time to buy them in the old dynasty. Absolutely. Says the gentleman from the Dynasty Wonderland podcast. That's right. That is right. Okay. Well, any last thoughts, my friend, before we get the hell out of here? I think we covered covered a lot of the big news here. So, and this the the cool thing is, it is officially Thursday my time, mm-hmm. which means what football in in one week, regular regular season football in one week. Uno mas, uno mas. We're almost there, folks. You know, we were going to call the episode Mac Attack, but we might just have to call it Uno mas. One more, <laughs> I love it. Uno, uno mas. One more week. All right. One more week. And hey, we're going to be back in just a handful of days to get everybody ready for that week. Hopefully with some guests and people just uh, popping in to say hi. We'll see how it goes. But for now, for tonight, we remind you to stay safe, stay vigilant and stay mad. And of course, uh, you know, take care. Take care. Aaron, my good friend, you take care as well. Hopefully by next part I'm sounding better and looking better and it will be better. Great party, my friend. <laughs>